10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn. Welcome to Swansea and tonight, Teachers Talk Radio, I'm going to be talking about staff well-being at the end of term. Are you at the end of your tether? Have you got anything left in the tank? We'll be talking it out and taking a tour of your top tips to keep teachers tip-top at the end of term. Tune in, talk it out. Let's go. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea Wake. Welcome to the Twilight Show on Teach Talk Radio with me, Nathan Ginn, on a gloriously sunny day. It is, I must say, it's one of those times where I've finished work and it hasn't immediately started raining. The sunshine is still coming out and this is the reason I moved here south Wales out of my bedroom window. I can see Devon across the Bristol Channel. Uh, it is absolutely glorious and, you know, it has been worth all of those months of rain and drizzle because this is it this brief window that i get uh before the tourists arrive before uh, everyone descends on us for their staycations uh down on the gower gorgeous beaches uh i get to take advantage of it and uh, yeah that's why i'm here tonight i will take a breath i will center myself we are going to be talking about staff well-being at the end of term as i said in my introduction uh, are you at the end of your tether have you got anything left in the tank uh, we'll be talking it out and taking a tour of your top tips to keep teachers tip top at the end of term uh, too many t's in that when i wrote it um but we got through it together and i want to hear your top tips as well as we go so if you're live in the studio you can Text us in via the Podbean app. You can, of course, tweet us uh, at TT Radio 2022. Or, of course, if you are on the Podbean app right now, you can call in. Or if you're listening back, you can message us then as well. Find one of the tweets and join the conversation in that way. It is real teachers, real talk, talking about the things that you know are happening to us as we go. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about this week was staff well-being and we talk about it a lot you know it comes up it's one of those things about what what can teachers do what can schools do what can school leaders do what should we all be doing to look after well-being and you know a little bit later on we're going to have a bit of a read uh, through some of the highlights of a new statesman article that came out this week about why no one wants to be a teacher anymore so we'll go through that but also we're going to get on to some practical, some positive things that staff, any staff, and I should say that it's not just teachers, it's, you know, we need our teaching assistants, we need our admin staff, we need our dinner ladies, our caretakers, everyone, our site managers, um, 
to make it to the end of term because it has been a, a gargantuan team effort this year uh, for people to get through. And whilst, you know, we have learned to live with it, I hate that phrase, we have hopefully come through it. I know there are a lot of people and certainly, you know, I'm seeing this as well in my work. COVID is creeping back in and we're getting staff absences and it is a you know it was hard when uh, we had energy but at the end of term when we are all on our last legs or at least I certainly am on my last legs uh, you know to, to be having uh, staff where we need pro- to provide cover and through no fault of their own of course you know if people are ill they are ill and they should be off work and we will you know talk a little bit about some of the taboos around uh, taking a mental health sick day uh, a little bit later on in the show as well but it does you know we can't get away from the fact that it does create a little bit of extra work or sometimes a lot of extra work certainly for people who are rearranging the timetables late into the evening as those calls come in and the, the, the positive tests or even people are you know we know that if you are run down you are more likely to get on well even from the the, the normal stuff, I say, you know, of just uh, sickness bugs and colds that go around, you're, you're more likely to be run down, you're more likely to be unwell. And so it takes a little bit more effort. So that's what we're talking about tonight. You know, we're going to run through just a little bit of my thoughts on it, you know, some realism, you know, if you have things to share about how it's going for you, text them in, tweet them in to us, or even call in to share how it's going. I want to talk about that New Statesman article about why no one wants to be a teacher anymore. And this is a tough time for that as well. And we don't often talk about the the things that are hard at the end of term when we are breaking up with colleagues. You know, it's a, it's a relationship, a parting of ways sometimes where they are either leaving the profession or moving on to different schools or, or better things through promotion. But we, we are losing people in one way or another and, and that can be, a, you know, emotionally draining and, and that can be tough. Um, so we'll talk about that as we go through. We're also going to be hearing a little bit about the research tells us uh, from uh, wellatschool.org. We're going to talk uh, some tips then about how to end the term healthy. Uh, some tips from a TES article there. As I say, after the ads, sort of halfway through the show, we want to talk about this taboo of a mental health sick day. Because if it's okay, and I've talked about this when we've done shows on attendance for pupils before, if it's you know if it's okay to uh, be off with a toothache, it sh- you know should it? And I'll pose that as a question because I already know what I think. But you know, pose it to a question for you: Should it be okay if you are having an anxiety crisis, a panic attack, if you are having uh, you know a mental health crisis of, of any form? Um, should it be okay to have that time off work as well? We will talk about that and the taboos around it because obviously there is still a stigma attached to mental health. Um, we'll then look at some of the research from TeacherTap that have, have done quite a lot of questions around this stuff about what teachers can do to protect their mental health. And as I say, you know, after the news, we're going to be hammering through those tips about end of term well-being specifically and specifically focused on what we do at the end of term uh, because that's it you know we are we're not talking about what to do in September I'm not talking about what to do over summer although I'm sure you know there'll be things different people maybe have opinions I'm um, one of those who end up collapsing for the first week or so completely exhausted 
Uh, maybe some of these tips will help me get past that. I know some people book, you know, as soon as term ends, they're on the flight and straight out uh, away on their holidays to somewhere nice. And that's how they cope with it. We're going to be stopping just about there. You know, that's as far as we go. We're not talking about how to start the new year well. We're not talking about what stationery you need to buy over summer or whether or not it's right to, to read a book. I'm sure we'll save them for another episode. A big argument about, you know, whether we should be reading educational books on a beach in our holidays or whether that's good, whether that's bad, whether it's my choice. Who knows? We will save that for another show. As I say, tonight and specifically tonight, we're talking about staff well-being at the end of term. Um, I should say as well, you know, if you are uh, listening back or if it's tomorrow, even if you're listening live, I guess, uh, tomorrow um, we've got the Friday social going on in Twitter spaces with Carl Graham, a great place. You know, I think that's a great thing to do for well-being, a connectedness, you know, to other professionals, a sharing, uh, you know, a group therapy, maybe we could call it. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is my therapy session and I'm on the couch and you're listening to me, or maybe it's the other way around and you're going to text in and, you know, and I'll be the person listening. But that is on tomorrow in Twitter spaces as you're probably driving home from school or hopefully as you're, as you're finishing off, I'm lucky enough to have an inset. So I'll be in there uh, chatting away and sharing how the week's gone. Now, I did say there'd be a little bit on personal reflections in the show. And I, you know, I will try and be as honest as I possibly can with you about how I feel at the end of term. And for me, you know, I've already mentioned one of the big things is the absence of people, you know, people who some of us live in each other's pockets. If you have a teaching assistant, particularly if you're in primary, you are, you know, you are part of a team that you are doing everything together. And then that disappearing over summer, even for a bit, can feel really strange. And then also we have colleagues and we have workplace friends and all of those things that might be moving on. And again, that 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 breakup, as much as we stay in touch with people, when you're not living in someone's pockets, when you're not working with them day in, day out, things do change, you know. And, and that's hard, as I say, there is a relationship ending. So that's something that I personally feel and I struggle with. I also find a struggle with the lack of structure at the end of term. You know, I'm a very uh, structured person in my uh, daily routines. I do arrive at school at the same time. I leave at school at the same time. I do the same things broadly throughout the day, obviously different lessons, but I keep a structure. You know, I am institutionalized by education. And so when I'm left to my own devices over summer, I go into free fall. You know, I really do. I am, you know, forgetting what time I need to get up. Maybe that's you. I'm going to bed later and later and getting up later and later. All of those things. I forget to have lunch because there's no dinner lady to tell me that it's time for lunch. Uh, and all of those things happen. So, I, you know, that for me, that loss of structure, I find really difficult. I find it difficult now as well, because as much as we say that school will continue and we're teaching to the end and all of those things, once we get past exams, things do change. Things become a little bit harder. Um, things, for me, they become a little bit harder because I think, you know, maybe for the children as well, because we lose a little bit of routine. We, um, 
we're still doing it, but the pressure's off, I think that's it. So whether you're in secondary school and you're sitting GCSEs, you know, some of your children, they're sitting end of year exams, or if you're in primary and you've done the SATs or you've done your end of year testing, you're submitting your data so that we can number crunch it all before the end of term. We can do our performance management targets and all of those things. It can change it, you know, and so I feel that that lack of structure sometimes, I, uh, particularly as we go into the summer holidays, but even before that, I start to feel it. So I know I've got people going and I know I'll find that hard and I'm preempting it. And uh, we've got a lack of structure and it's even starting now, but I'm preempting it. I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm fearing it. On top of that, then, of course, we've got tiredness. And that for me is a big one. You know, I, I am one of those people who can see the end and I, I am stepping towards it. I am, I, I am, I'm using all of my energy. I'm goal orientated. I am, I'm going to make it across the finish line. And I am using up, you know, I, I am using up my energy. And that's maybe why I crash straight afterwards, because I'm using, you know, I'm using the last bit of all of my energy, because I've only got to make it another, another week, another nine days, another eight sleeps, you know, whatever it is, I'm counting it in. And I'm pushing on. And maybe that's not the right thing. When we go through the tips, maybe you've got a different approach to doing that. But certainly that I find difficult. I'm, you know, I'm pushing on. And then the bit on top of that, to, to add to it all, is that I'm tired. The kids are tired. It's been a long term. Maybe the people I'm working with are tired as well. I think everyone's just a bit more grouchy because of that. Everyone's just a bit more lethargic. You know, everything's taking a bit more energy. Maybe we aren't holding the doors open for people when we would before. Maybe we aren't smiling and welcoming them first thing in the morning like we would have done before and they're not doing that for us uh maybe we're not making as many people a cup of tea during the day because we just don't have the energy and they're not doing that for for us too and so everyone is finding it a bit harder and that kind of comes together and, and bounces off each other to make us all a little bit more grumpy now that's my personal kind of reflections on it that's how i uh, you know, I'm feeling at the end of term. If you want to share, you know, what what the, the number one thing for you that causes you a problem, tweet it into us, text it into us. What is it that's your issue at the end of term specifically that you find particularly difficult around your own well-being, managing it, or, you know, helping staff to manage theirs? What are the things that are coming up? Now, I did say I wanted to run through this New Statesman article from the week about why no one wants to be a teacher anymore. Um, now, I saw it come up and I thought, you know, well, is this going to be one of those kicking people when it's down thing? Is this going to be, you know, um, a, just a, a, something that I don't want to get involved with because it's it's that negativity. And as I say, I'm trying at the moment to, to keep that negativity away because I'm falling into it myself. But I read through it, and it's by uh, someone called William Yates, uh, and it was in the New Statesman, and uh, it said, uh, teachers shouldn't have to choose between their own well-being and that of their students. And they start off with this quote about, sir, not you as well, cried Kyan. Um, That's five of my 11 teachers. And he goes on to say, I had just told my year 10 English class that like so many others, I will not be returning to the classroom in September. Uh, it says been teaching five years, trained through Teach First, um, after graduating, uh, ticked lots of boxes, and in a short time, um, class grades were good, got on well with colleagues and students, and helped to lead a successful sixth form. He goes on to say, but this year, thousands of teachers like me 
uh, have chosen to step away from the breakneck treadmill of the state sector teaching. And the shortfall for September looks brutal. If the government is serious about solving this crisis, it will need to take responsibility for how it has led us into this mess. Um, those are his words. Now, I would have to agree there's a teacher retention crisis. It's something we see um, lots and lots and we hear about. And certainly um, people feeling that they can't continue. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, this staff well-being at the end of term. I know we have passed our resignation deadline. You know, so maybe we should have been talking about this at the start of summer one, uh, about what we need to do to prevent exits. But for those of us who are still in it, we have to face that we didn't resign. We're still here. How do we survive? Uh, he goes on um, to talk about Catherine Burble Singh, who's been a guest on this show. And if you want to listen back to some of the shows that she's been a guest on, uh, you can uh, go to our website ttradio.org and get a slash listen back where you can search if you type in a name or a um, key phrase you'll be able to listen back to any of our shows and she's certainly been on a couple of times you'll be able to find there and he says uh, she suggests the department for education believes it prizes experienced dedicated teachers uh, the way the sector has been treated recently tells a different story so he's paraphrasing her there it's failures over school closures, virtual learning, grades, capital funding, uh, tutoring have brought leaders to their knees and rank and file teachers left to pick up the pieces. Uh, those that do well quickly get swept into poorly defined positions of middle leadership long before they've perfect perfected their classroom practice in a desperate bid to retain them. And this leaves more inexperienced teachers to pick up a greater share of classroom teaching, trainees now working within the new early career framework and their mentors agree they don't meet this, their, um, their needs. Lots to unpick there about the problems of rapid progression caused by an absence of teachers and people picking up additional responsibilities or the changing roles. Now over my time I certainly see you know there is an additional pressure because we are putting more on expectation onto teaching assistants more expectation on the HLTAs more onto younger newer teachers and I can't complain because I was a young middle leader myself well early career I wasn't I was, I'd done some stuff before so maybe I wasn't young I, you know but you know I got I, I moved up quickly because there was space and I took advantage of that and I pushed myself and <laughs> Maybe we need to not be prizing that as a attribute, go-getters. Maybe we need to tell people to slow down. When we go through the tips, I think, you know, that's something I want to pick out. Anyway, uh, William Yates in the New Statesman goes on to say, um, it is possible for teachers to engage with strategic long-term thinking necessary to guide students effectively if mere survival feels like a battle. And that's the bit that jumped out for me tonight. That's what we're talking about tonight and that's the tips that I need that maybe you need as well um, for this end of term if mere survival is feeling like a battle if you're in the last kilometer of your marathon you know if you can see the end and you are trudging on but your eggs your legs your eggs your legs are aching and you feel that you are not going to make it that's you know we, we need to do something different at the end of term I think I distract myself. He says, that it's a question of how many children's life chances 
the government will sacrifice before they accept the truth that teacher well-being is something that needs to be addressed. Well, I don't know. It's hard reading. It's it's a hard to reflect on. Um, but it is a problem we've talked about for years. And the DfE have, have put things out there. So let's have a look. The thing that I have not heard so much of, and I've pulled together some articles that specifically talk about it, as I say, is us talking about how it is different at the end of term. Teacher well-being shouldn't be the same. Well, our approach to teacher well-being shouldn't be the same because our, our needs change over the year. You know, whether it be tiredness at the end of term, whether it be stress through exam periods, whether it be that point just before Christmas where it is dark. I mean, you know, you are getting up and going to work and it is dark as you come into the car park and it is dark as you get in the car to leave. You know, that is a tough part of the year. And maybe what I'm suggesting is our approach to well-being should change as well. You know, we should be doing a different thing to help staff well-being at the start than we do at the end. And so I'm coming from a slightly different angle, but it was that phrase in there that, you know, how can teachers engage with strategic long-term thinking necessary to guide students effectively if mere survival feels like a battle? Well, you know, that's what we need to find out. Well, I said there'd be some research, and we're looking at a little bit of research from an organisation called wellatschool.org. And, and they're looking, really, they're talking about how um, what we know and there, you know, they say, even say themselves there have been limited number of studies looking at school staff well-being, okay, um, and the majority of those studies focused on individual level interventions such as mindfulness, and and fewer have focused on organisational level systems, but they do pull out for us some of the um, key points or key things that we find out from research about uh, school approaches to staff mental health and well-being and what works best so i'll go through some of their findings for us uh, the first one that they pulled out as a finding from research was that better teacher well-being is associated with better student well-being and lower psychological difficulties now it is good that we have or at least limited research to back that up because i think it is something that most class teachers or school leaders would know in their blood that, you know, if teacher well-being is down, that is somehow, whether we want to or not, that is somehow transmitted to our pupils, whether that be through us not being able to provide as much of a nurturing environment, if that's what you believe, or whether it's whether we're not allowed to tailor and specifically design our learning intentions as well because our well-being is low. I think we, we need to accept that if our well-being is not looked after as educators, that in some way is being passed on to students. And that's a hard and a bitter pill to take, but it does mean that we need to do something about it. The second thing that they talk about is a better teacher-student relationship is associated with better student well-being. Now, again, you know, happier teachers in class, uh, happier uh, students, that, that relationship building. I think it's, you know, I am not so keen on putting everything on relationships. But I think, you know, it is worth us thinking about 
how we manage our relationships and our interactions and how that impacts on us. And I think, you know, we need to take that a little bit broader. Uh, you know, think about how our relationships with other staff go, how our relationships as we enter the car park. And as I say, that holding the door, that making a cup of tea for someone. And if those things drop away, particularly when we're tired, does it have an impact on us? The third one, uh, teachers with poorer well-being may be less able to develop supportive relationships. Yeah, and I think we can accept that. And that kind of leads on from the point before that, you know, if we are not looking after our well-being ourselves, our interpersonal skills, we're going to get grumpy. I'm using big words. Our interpersonal skills may deteriorate. What I mean is, if you're not looking after yourself, if your well-being's going down the pan, you're going to be grumpy. And that grumpy is going to rub off on other people's grumpy. And it's not going to be good for anyone. But yeah, wellatschool.org are saying there is research, even a limited number of research, to, to back up my flippant comments about it. Um, they also say there are many factors that impact teachers' well-being, not simply workload. Personal life and circumstances also impact well-being. For example, bereavement, relationship difficulties, childcare. Now, this is a tough one for schools at a systems level. And I know I did say there was limited research on organisational level stuff. And some of this stuff, when we're talking about it tonight, we're talking about what we can do for ourselves. But I think it's important that we reflect that things that go on in our personal lives will affect our ability to do our jobs. And so we can't 100% separate the two. And actually, when we think about well-being at school, there will be things that teachers or school leaders can't do for other people or maybe they should be doing is it nosy i don't know but there are factors outside of our control certainly you know in people's lives and how we address that how we deal with that how we support that will be really important uh, another one of their points is the strife for perfection impacts on some teachers well-being negatively certainly uh, they also say uh, being organized and being able to prioritize can have a positive impact on well-being the only bit I'd add to that is I find that so much harder at the end of term because things are loose. We're having drop down days where, you know, everyone's collapsing the timetable or we're having uh, changes to timetables or we're having uh, throwing in events. All the events are happening. The sports day is happening. You know, we're going to have a, a, a end of year show. We're going to have the, you know, the prom. We're going to uh, take some children off timetables so they can go around selling tickets for this or that. It's hard to organize. It's hard to prioritize when those are things. Um, more schools are striving to be more open about mental health and well-being and that's something they found and that's something I'd agree with something when I hear about it I hear about that a lot you know people are talking finally are people doing I don't know um, but people are talking about it uh, pupils in primary school were attuned to their teacher's mood and could usually pick up when they were stressed, even if teachers tried to hide it. And that's what I'm saying. It's 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 human nature. We can pick up on those things. And particularly if you are in a primary school where you are with the kids all day, they, they will notice. They will have become attuned to you, as as, as, as they as well at school.org say. But also if you're in a secondary school, I imagine there are people, you know, when a class comes in and that class will know depending you know whether it's a good day for you a bad day for you and we can be professional but we are still human 
the last bit that they say, and as I say, they say there is research for this, and I will explain why I struggle with this maybe a little bit later on when we get to our top tips, but they say that their mindfulness techniques have helped manage some individual teachers' stress levels. Maybe we'll talk about the pitfalls of that a little bit later on because mindfulness is not something uh, that I am particularly, particularly good at. Um, We have, uh, yeah, I'm really bad at it, actually. Um, I'm not, the colouring in mindfulness activities I do, I think meditation is the one that I struggle with the most. Meditation, uh, silence, uh, going into our own thoughts, emptying my mind. All of those things I find incredibly difficult. Um, but we've had what the research tells us. We've had a little bit about what I say about it as well, which you know is coming from a very individualist place. But I wanted just before the ads to throw in some top tips already, just so we can end this small section with some top tips. And we'll hear a lot more at the end. But these come from um, an article in the TES by Joe Steer talking about uh, teacher well-being, uh, particularly at the end of term, you know, across the land, teachers everywhere stumbling bleary-eyed towards the end of term, held together by the promise of end of term parties, significantly less schoolwork than they used to. It has been a long term. Uh, so they go on to say it's a temptation to whiz through the last week of term at breakneck speed, or you possibly can in a desperate effort to reduce your workload over the break. And then they say, ask yourself, does this ever really work? And this is the maybe the conclusion to the show that I'm coming to. You know, when we get there, is that is my approach. Try and get everything done. Keep going 100 miles an hour. Keep pushing. Keep doing everything. You know, even if I don't have the energy for it, we're going to keep going until the end of, you know, until the, the last minute because I want to finish. Uh, their tips. And as I say, we'll go to the ads in a second and come back for more advice and tips from you as well. Um, teacher well-being, living in the moment. As teachers, we have a tendency not to live in the moment. Uh, you know, we're either reflecting on the past and how lessons have gone or marking work that we've completed or we're planning the future. You know, that, that existing in the moment is hard. Even when we're teaching, which requires presence, we inhabit a kind of strange hyperspeed multitasking version of the present jumping between speaking listening thinking doing not doing uh so the tip from this article in that section is to counter this by setting an intention to slow down to be present to be present in lunchtime conversations with colleagues and friends in personal conversations with children uh that even ones that have nothing to do with school you know, enjoy the moments at the end of term and be present for them rather than rushing through them. And I like that as a tip. And that is something that I want to do. The next tip, uh, listen to your body. By the last week of term, most of us are near exhaustion. Some of us dangerously close to burnout. Your body may well have been alerting you to this fact for some time, although you're probably determined to keep going or too disconnected to hear it. That's me. That's me. They're talking about me pushing on through, even though my body is crying out that I need to rest and I'm falling asleep on the sofa and, you know, my, my, my knees are aching and all of those things. Uh, they say, take a few moments this week to scan up and down your body. Notice how it feels looking out for any changes. Everyone's different. 
But if you're noticing feelings like headaches, sleepiness, heaviness, brain fog, general irritability, it's probably big old warning that you need to slow down. Not when the school calendar dictates, but right now. And I like that as well. I agree with that. You know, I am dictated to, I'm institutionalized that there are two weeks left. If my body's saying I need a break now, then I need to give it a break now. Or otherwise, much worse things that, you know, much worse things. Uh, the next tip, practice self-care. When you're present to the warning signs that your body is giving you, act on them and give your body what it longs for, rest. Take note, this rest does not have to be horizontally, just needs to be something that keeps your attention and has nothing to do with school. Um, I think, yeah, this is me. This is me, my plan for next week, maybe your plan for next week too. Um, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to give it what it needs. And the last one, connect. We rely on our colleagues. We need each other and much more than shared planning. Having strong support network is key to coping with stress and maintaining perspective. Yet real conversation, care and connection is often lost in the hectic pace of modern teaching. I'm thinking today, you know, how many people did I really talk to? Not about, you know, a lesson, not about a, a, an issue or uh, not about a, a project, but how many people did I just talk to? So they say, get a piece of this bag this week by making a genuine effort to speak to colleagues and friends, ask them how they are and really listen to the answer. Bypass the urge to look at your phone or jump in and talk about yourself. This kind of real conversation is free but priceless. You'll likely both benefit from the moment of real listening and connection. Great tips to start us off. Now, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more about that taboo of taking a mental health sick day some of the more the evidence from teacher tap and the research around what teachers can do to protect their mental health and of course what we want to hear is those tips about what we can do so we'll see you on the other side of these ads this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. 
stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to £1,360 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. Here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chickwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at withaslackgroup.co.uk for more information. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea, welcome to the Twilight Show on this sunny Thursday with me, Nathan Ginn, uh, here in yeah, sunny South Wales. Um, we are talking about staff well-being at the end of term. Um, are you at the end of your tether? Have you got anything left in the tank? Uh, we're talking it out and taking a tour of your top tips to keep teachers tipped up at the end of term. Whew. So many T's I put in that introduction. Uh, I should have said at the end there, yeah, tune in and talk it out and tweet us and text us and all of those things. We're live. And I, when I wrote the script, I, I, I didn't think about, is that alliteration? I think it is. Yeah, too many T's uh, to, uh, for me to talk. Um, so we started off the show just reflecting a little on what I find hard about well-being for myself at the end of term and the challenges that it throws up that are different to those that come throughout the year. Um, You know, we do get different challenges, as I've said, you know, in exam time, I think that is a different challenge and there should be, we should be suggesting different things that you can do to uh, help yourself than we suggest to people at the end of term. It can't be you know, oh, it's Christmas and it's dark and you're tired, some yoga, oh, it's exams and you're stressed some yoga, or it's the end of term and you're, you know, anxious, some yoga. I think there needs to be different specific things. And we've talked some general things, but we've also given some some, some end of term specific tips already. 
Um, those end of year specific tips already uh, came from a TES article by Joe Steer, and they were about living in the moment, listening to your body, giving your body what it needs and connecting with other people. And I think that is a great start. And for me, those are things that I am definitely going to be trying this week. Um, we also heard about why this is important. You know, we had that New Statesman article by William Yates about why nobody wants to be a teacher anymore and the pressures. We had a little bit about the evidence from wellatschool.org um, that, that told us, you know, there's limited research into uh, teacher well-being and a whole school approaches to well-being. But what we do know is, you know, they can impact on relationships and they are reliant on relationships. And so I think that is what worries me about us not addressing it is it, it creates a, a kind of whirlwind, a spiral, a perfect storm where my well-being impacts on your well-being, impacts on the kids' well-being, which impacts back on our well-being, you know, and all of that. It's not just bad for us as our health and as our profession because we're losing teachers, but also, it's, you know, it's bad for education. It's bad. It's, it's not a good learning environment. So when things get hard, there are things that you can do. And I wanted to bring up now this, this article. And it is an old article uh, from BBC News back from 2017. And it was an article about, you know, is it still taboo to take a mental health sick day? Um, some of it is from the US and they do go on to clarify which parts are true in the UK and which parts are different. Um, it has a, you know, uh, the main protagonist of the article is someone called Madeline Parker, a US web designer. And they sparked a debate about workplace attitudes to mind problems after tweeting an email from her boss. Her boss said she was an example to us all by uh, telling colleagues that she was taking sick leave for her mental health. Um, they go on to pose then, uh, the, the journalist Kate Palmer goes on to pose, would British managers be similarly supportive? Um, and so those, um, the email, which was titled, uh, where's Madeline? And it uh, told her colleagues, um, I'm taking today and tomorrow to focus on my mental health. Um, and I can see that we've got a caller called Nancy. Nancy, I'm just going to try and connect you. Let's just see if we can get you in. Uh, so Nancy, I might see you appear now. Just have a little look. It's not coming through on my end. So if you want to try again, or if you leave the studio and maybe try and come back and we'll see if we can connect you. There's something just not quite working there. Um, yep. So this uh, email that she shared that said, uh, where's Madeline? Uh, she told colleagues, uh, I'm taking today and tomorrow to focus on my mental health. Uh, hopefully I'll be back next week, refreshed and back to 100%. Uh, her chief executive, uh, which was Ben Congleton, replied to the message saying, I can't believe uh, this is not standard practice to all organisations, adding you're an example to us all and help uh, cut through the stigma so we can all bring our whole selves to work. Now, you know, there's something there. Now, if tomorrow you turned to you, to your manager and said, look, I need a day, you know, and I'm saying this if you work in education, and I think being off sick in education is slightly different to being off sick if you work in other industries, if you work in a call centre where cover is slightly different, where jobs are shared in slightly different ways, being a classroom teacher is slightly different, I think, you know, 
feel free to disagree with me. You can try and call in like uh, our, our last caller did. I will try and connect you. Or if you want to text in, you can text in, in live in the Podbean app. You can you can send us messages there with your comments as well. Um, so if you needed a day, if you were practicing self-care, as I described earlier, as the TESS article suggested to us, if you were listening to your body and your body said you needed a day's rest, but you didn't have a cold, but you didn't have a, a sickness that people, I think, feel more comfortable with, you know, like a migraine or a, a toothache or an earache, you know, if it was just you listening to your body and listening to your mental health, how would you feel about calling in sick? How would your boss feel about you calling in sick? Um, they go on to give some of the rights in the UK and they say in the UK, there is no legal difference between taking a mental health sick day and a day off for a physical problem, like a back problem. They say last year, Britons took 137 million sick days. Uh, of these, 15.8 million were days uh, stated for a mental health issue. Uh, whether that being stress, depression, anxiety, or uh, more serious conditions such as uh, manic depression or schizophrenia. And that's according to the uh, Office for National Statistics um, Labour Force Survey. Um, by contrast, 34 million days were lost to minor illnesses like coughs and colds. And we heard, you know, many times that not looking after your mental health can cause you to feel run down, can cause you to possibly be more susceptible to some of those minor illnesses um, that if we weren't looking after ourselves. Uh, anyway, um, Madeline McGiven, the head of a workplace wellbeing charity, Mind, uh, says people are still wary of admitting their sick day is actually due to mental health. There's definitely a fear it will affect uh, your career or people will judge you and make assumptions that aren't fair or true. Uh, she says, if you're not in a supportive environment, environment, if you disclose a mental health problem, it can be really harmful to you. Uh, despite the stigma, stigma, she says, uh, employers are legally required to protect the health and safety of those at work. And this includes mental health problems if it affects a person's day to day life. And uh, they say, she says, sorry, um, if you're unwell for any reason, you should be able to work in a place where you feel you can say I'm unwell today because I've got an inflamed bag or I've got a really high feelings of anxiety at the moment and they're actually the same thing. And yeah, I think I, I really agree with that. I guess the question is, would teachers act on it? Would you act on it? Would it be, uh, you know, how would you feel about it? And how would your line managers, or if you are a school leader, how would you feel if someone did say, look, you know, I'm taking well-being tips to look after myself at the end of term, to make sure that I don't crash in the first week of the holidays, or just that I make it. Uh, and I've listened to my body, and I've uh, given my body, I need to give my body what it needs, I need to practice self-care, and I need to take a day off uh, for a well-being related issue. Would your boss say yes, no? Do we see that as a leadership of schools that actually there is, you know, as I say, that data from the ONS would suggest that maybe it pays off in the long run if we're going to give people a well-being day or allow them to take a day when they need it, they're not going to become more unwell further down the line and um, take more days off. In an, and that is in an entirely... Uh, performative automatron robotic way of looking at it but 
you know, in if you're looking at it from economic terms, does it pay off? You know, uh, if you're looking at it from humanitarian terms, then I think, you know, looking after people is the right thing to do. And we know from that research from uh, wellatschool.org that class teachers well-being, whether we want or not to admit it, and we think of ourselves as being robotic professionals, class teachers well-being impacts on pupils well-being and pupils well-being impacts on pupils learning. And so there's, you know, maybe not enough evidence to say direct cause and effect, but I'm putting it out there, you know, no matter how much you believe in Fordian economics, if the evidence is there, or at least the conjecture is there, if we were to give people well-being days, would we see less staff absence from sickness? Now, I have waffled and I've talked a little bit. I wanted to talk just before the news, and we've got just a few minutes just before we go to the news, about some of those things that teachers, you know, from TeacherTap that they found that were causing people to feel stressful. And I want to think about these specific, you know, as we're doing throughout this whole show, whole show specific to the end of term. Okay, so have any of the following, and this is from Teacher Tap back in uh, uh, between April 2018 and March uh, 2019. So before pandemic, you know, and I think that's the only fair way to look at it now before the pandemic, um, because stresses were different, I think, in that two year period. But, you know, have any of the following things caused you to feel stressed or unhappy at work over the last two weeks? And so um, accountability. So um they said for classroom teachers, 49% and for SLT, 40%. And I think at the end of the year, accountability raises its head again. There's possibly someone in your school saying, oh, we need to do your performance management targets. Have you finished that performance management project or whatever it is that you're calling it? You know, are your test results in? I mean, this week we've had SATs results in, you know, those things come at the end of term and I think you know because it is the end of term because it is the end of that period I think we need to accept that those stresses are much higher oh has work-life load and work-life balance uh, made you feel stressed or unhappy at work classroom teachers were saying 77 percent of those now at the end of year is it the same does game time make a difference or are we as I suggested and I know the article from the TES suggested, are we trying to cram everything into a small amount of time so that we don't have to do it over summer? Does our workload actually increase when most people think we're winding down? I think so. But do we need to be aware of that? Administrative tasks, 53% of classroom teachers, 36% of SLT said it was causing them to be stressed or unhappy in the last two weeks. Um, yeah, I th you know, I think there is, you know, particularly if you're a school leader and you're thinking about next year, maybe less so if you're a classroom practitioner, maybe the administrative tasks are over. Um, but certainly if you're a school leader, I would expect that to ramp up at the end of term. Uh, relationships with parents, both of those were quite low for people feeling stressed when it was looking at, you know, at the pre-pandemic times. Um, and they were around 16% for a classroom teacher. And yeah, maybe you know, we, we will be sending home end of year reports, obviously, at the end of the year. But does it make me feel more stressed? I think the first one makes me feel more stressed. I think, you know, we know each other now, we know them. So I think that would be lower. Uh, relationship with senior leadership team, that was around 22% for a classroom teacher. Does it change at the end of the year? Maybe, maybe if you're being changed to a, a different position in the school, 
Maybe. I, I don't think a lot, though. I think, you know, that's going to stay fairly static. Pastoral concerns relating to pupils. 40% of classroom teachers, 42% of SLT were stressed about that in the last two weeks when they were asked. Um, do I have more pastoral concerns at the end of term? I think when I was a primary school teacher and I worked in an area of high deprivation and high need, I think I did worry at the end of term about what was going to happen uh, to children, you know, who I was in some way responsible for, or at least felt responsible for, over the summer holidays. And I think now that we know, you know, what COVID has been like and what the cost of living crisis is, you know, I do worry about uh, the pupils that are, you know, I'm going to enjoy the sunshine and I'm fairly settled and I have a monthly paycheck coming in and I do worry what I'll return to come September. And we do have that complete absence, you know, where we don't keep touching base like we do with our friends, like we do with our colleagues, you know, we'll maybe meet up for a coffee. We don't do that with our pupils. And so we see them again six weeks later and a lot could have changed and a lot could have happened. And so I think that would have changed. Now, when we come back uh, after the news, we are going to pop to the news. We're going to look specifically, and as I say, that's the thing for us at the moment, is specifically how those challenges affect us at the end of term and what we can do. Uh, we'll hear some tips from uh, at Teacher Toolkit, who's who's got some tips on their website, and also mytutor.co.uk, who've got some. I think in total, it's about 15 tips from them, as well as your tips, which you can text in. You can even call in if you want to share them about end of term specific staff well-being things that we can do to look after ourselves. Now, for now, I will see you on just the other side of the news. And we go now. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 
£60 in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. Here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at withaslackgroup.co.uk for more information. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Northern Ireland, funding for the Engage programme, a scheme that employs teachers to help children's learning recover after the pandemic, is still not in place for the next school year. The Education Minister sent a letter to schools after the term ended. The National Association of Head Teachers said the timing of the Department of Education's communication had caused great offence. The Engage programme was introduced in September 2020 and schools received between £3,600 and £50,000 depending on their size and how many pupils they had who were eligible for free school meals. Schools were given money to employ teachers or substitute teachers to provide extra help to pupils whose learning had been affected most by the pandemic and restrictions. In her letter to school principals, Education Minister Michelle McElveen said, I have issued a direction to my officials to continue the programme until the end of December 2022, in the first instance. However, this direction remains subject to the approval of the Department of Finance. I fully understand the importance of urgent notification on this issue and can assure you that I will provide clarity on budget allocations as soon as I receive confirmation from the Finance Minister. The NAHT said that the uncertainty over the scheme was very worrying for schools. Caterers have told BBC News that as a result of rising food prices, beef will be removed from some school dinner menus along with other staples such as potatoes. LACA, the School Caterers Association for England and Wales, said that the quality of meals was under threat. Brad Pearce, National Vice Chairman of LACA, said the long-term impact of Covid, the war in Ukraine and rising fuel costs were all having an effect on what his members could put on school plates. 
He said the costs that are coming forward make it impossible for us to continue unless some difficult choices are made. LACA members provide 80% of the school catering service in England and Wales. Assist FM, the body representing Scottish caterers, says its members are experiencing similar concerns. In response to the concerns, the government said it had expanded access to free school meals and would continue to keep eligibility under review and work across government to address rising costs, building on the over £37 billion announced to help the most vulnerable. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to support a question everyone will see at the start of next year. It goes something like this. Hi EduTwitter, can you reply with where you are so I can show my class how far a post on the internet can reach? With a bit of free tech, you can make this much more visual. I'm going to use Google Maps because it's free and most likely you'll have used Google Maps at some point in the past. So, when you have all your responses, sign into Google, go to Maps and click on the menu next to the search box. That's the three lines that look like a burger. From the menu, select My Places. You'll now have four options. Lists, Labeled, Visited, and maps. Click on maps and at the bottom select create map. Now you can give the map a title so you can find it next year for comparison and add all the places from your Twitter replies. Simply type the name of the place. When it appears with a blue point marker you can click the plus sign to add it to the map and then select the color to help it stand out. When you've finished all places will be saved and you can access the map by following the first few steps. Menu, my places, maps. There are loads of other great tools to use also. Measure the distance from your school to those places. Hit preview and go into the view only mode. Here you can select the place and you're treated to a short bio and an image of the area. So next time you're looking to bring a lesson to life, why not try using maps to help pupils see where places are in the world? Do you have any top tips for mapping? Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Borodar Paub, Kroisoyabatawi. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea uh, here in sunny South Wales and the sunlight is streaming through the window next to me. Um, It is gorgeous into the evenings. We are at that point of the year where it is you know we can come home from work and we can sit in the garden and enjoy the sunshine or i could probably even go down to the beach and probably sit there for a couple of hours so in theory it should be a great point in the year you know we are nearly at the end but that nearly at the end ness causes us some problems and i am asking tonight and i'm asking you to join in as well you know what should we be doing differently 
for staff well-being at the end of term are you at the end of your tether have you got anything left in the tank well we're talking it out and taking a tour of your top tips to keep teachers tip top at the end of term so you can tweet us you can text us you can tweet us at 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 uh, tt radio 2022 you can text us in live through the podbean app and of course if you're listening live in the studio and you have thoughts that you want to share you can call in and talk it out it's teachers talk radio if you miss any of our shows of course they are all available uh to download on spotify on amazon on itunes and of course you can go to our website uh ttradio.org uh, slash listen back and in that section there's a little search bar you can of course type my name in and find all of my past shows or you can type in a topic or if there's a particular guest who you want to hear from you can type it in there and you can track back through our thousands of shows you know i think it's 20 a week we're, we're doing thousands of shows um and you can find what it is for you to listen to on your drive to work or maybe you know if you are somewhere sunny too on the beach listening to uh listen to it as a podcast um obviously once you've done that if you want to find a tweet and tweet us please do you know keep the conversation going even after the show stopped and uh there is of course our shows that we have live on twitter spaces as well and one of those tomorrow um from four o'clock with carl graham is the Friday social uh, and you'll be able to listen in on um, Twitter spaces and tweet away and join in and emoji as it goes um, and that's a great thing I know we're talking about staff well-being but we've already mentioned that connectedness to our colleagues and to other people is a really important part of well-being of um, care for ourselves um, so yeah do it join in join the conversation now Top tips. Um, as I said, uh, we've heard um, all these different things. We've heard some of the research from wellatschool.org. We've heard why no one wants to be a teacher anymore from William Yates and the New Statesman. We've had some teacher tap research on the different problems that uh, people can face. We've talked about the taboo of taking a mental health sick day. And we started off also with some tips from the TES from Joe Steer in there. It's all teased tonight in this show. Um, it's really uh, making me work for it. And and just to carry on that, we have uh, eight end of term wellbeing tips from at Teacher Toolkit. Uh, Ross uh, Morrison McGill next. Um, and I'm going to read them out for you. Now, there is a little preamble to this, which I think probably describes my feelings about the end of term entirely. So bear with me as we metaphor our way into these tips so what will you do to ensure we all have a smooth end to the school term imagine you are on a flight to spain from london heathrow and you are due to land after 2.5 hours of flying chances are that in the last 30 minutes you will likely be desperate to get off the plane this is how I feel about the end of term. It is harder as we get to the end and I can see the finish line and pushing on through. He says, uh, in our minds, despite being prepared for a longer journey, uh, one may become restless within the last hour and increasingly become desperate to get off the plane. 
this behavior mindset may also apply in shorter haul flights. Um, he says, when comparing these anxieties versus the length of travel, what are the differences? The mindset, the distance, both. How does this link with being a teacher in a classroom at the end of term? Well, he says, uh, both of these examples, he's equating the behaviors as end of term flight forecasting. Okay. Whether the term six weeks, eight weeks, a whole year, it doesn't matter. Uh, teachers adjust our energy and efforts according to how long we have yet to go before the end of term. By default, uh, teachers give their uh, absolute maximum to their work and the students in their care. And despite an incredible workload, teachers have to get through a vast amount of work in a short space of time. And so teachers become exhausted long before the end of term. Energy level sapping, tempers escalating, uh, even the smallest and the most simple conversations. And that's for staff and pupils, I would say. You know, we are all tired, particularly this year. Our resilience is low. We haven't been doing it. You know, we've had a couple of disrupted years. This is this is hard work for everyone. He says it's uh, this is uh, at Teacher Toolkit on Twitter, uh, Ross Morrison McGill, saying it's a therefore important that our energy levels and relationships with other students and staff as we approach the end of term so he gives us eight tips to talk through as we discuss uh yeah keeping it together keeping ourselves healthy as we move towards the end of term so here are his and i'll read through them all uh and then we might have chance just to pull out a couple and discuss and remember uh, tweeting uh, those questions or those tips or if you agree or disagree so number one think twice and three times again about sending that email particularly an email that will appear negative for whatever reason does the email need to be sent at all particularly if you're tired and frustrated you question the purpose of the email his advice is whatever can be written that cannot be said in person if it's an emergency, does something need to be said collectively or individually? How will the person receiving the information feel? And is it something that can wait until the start of the new term? I think that's really important. Yeah. Are you pulling people up? Are you lashing out? You know, how are you wording it? Is it something you'd say? Would you still feel the same if you weren't so close to the end of term? Is number two is focus on the positives. It's so easy at the end of term when you and everyone else is feeling tired and that we forget the core purpose of what we're doing. Teaching and learning should trump everything we do. This means going into lessons, focusing on positive aspects of teaching and students learning where possible. You're looking for positive stories. It will make you feel better and more importantly, make students and staff feel valued. And I relate that back to that connectedness we talked about from Joe Steer in the TESS article, you know, being present in the moment. Um, he also says, say good morning, say goodbye and say thank you. Say it to everyone and say it regularly. And this I love to see in here because it's something that I raised at the start of the show. You know, are we tired? Are we dropping away those niceties, those pleasant pleasantries, if that's a word, but the, the, the nice things we do, the greetings, the making a cup of tea for someone, you know, do they disappear? They're holding the door because we're tired. And by being tired and not doing them, it makes everyone more grumpy. I think, yeah, 
let's take that on board. Let's say good morning. Let's say goodbye. Let's say thank you. Let's do it and keep doing it because that positivity will rebound around. His number four is buy someone or a team or your line manager a box of chocolates. Okay. Some great suggestions from Teacher Five a Day, he says, for projects shared online. Well-being is important. Give credit where credit's due and say thank you. And that might be hard. And, you know, taking a step outside the box, it might be difficult for you, you know, to muster that energy. But I think this is the thing. Where are we putting that energy? Are we putting it into our planning or making sure, you know, grinding on through and getting things done? If we put it into our well-being, does that change what we get out? Does that help us all make it as we go? Um, his number five is to look after yourself. And I think that's hard, a hard thing to say. And I hope he goes into more detail because the, the stuff that we discussed from Joe Steer, I felt was really important. He says, take time out your normal routine to do something different. You know, um, don't be a martyr. Find a, a, a place to have your lunch where you feel better. Sit on the field, maybe, I guess. If you're on lunch duty, try and rotate the things you do to help keep it different. For me, I'm saying, sorry, Ross McGill, that, that's not enough. I think Joe Steer had it far better when she said, listen to your body and do what your body needs. Maybe he goes on to something different afterwards, but I think, you know, we can't just say to people, look after yourself because what does that even mean it's not enough it's saying something but it's not it's like giving a child a piece of feedback on their work and saying do better it's, it's you know that is no feedback at all that is no help at all um his number six though is as energy levels start to disappear it's important to ensure that you maintain a good night's sleep in your own work-life balance he says it sounds minor but a good night's sleep and a bottle of water work wonders for any busy teacher in the classroom and yeah sleep is important a good night's sleep but i would argue and i argue with him right now i i would say i need more sleep and that's the problem because i'm tireder so it's not about that that kind of same uh, maybe six hours that i can survive on in september you know, I'm having to have eight now and make sure I get eight. And I have to accept that, that, you know, maybe that's one less episode of Stranger Things or, you know, other shows are available. But I know I need more sleep at this time of year because I'm tired. And so, yeah, sleep is important. I agree on that one. We get to his number seven of eight. He's got eight end of term well-being tips. We're on number seven. I think I've agreed with most of them so far, 75%, let's say. He says, um, if you can look after yourself, try looking out for somebody else who is in need of a bit of help. They may have bags under their eyes. They may have lost a bit of colour in their face. They may even have lost their renowned smile. Look out for warning signs and do something about it to make them know you are thinking about them. And it's a good tip. And I kind of agree. But it's hard. And that's the thing we've been battling against the whole time. This idea that, you know, we collectively look after each other. But if we're all burnt out, if we're all tired and we all stop doing that, that's really, really hard to do. And something else has to stop. And I think my argument throughout this is that maybe don't write your seating plan for next year. Maybe make someone a cup of tea instead. You know, maybe let's not have that meeting planning what clubs will be on in September. 
maybe we go around and say thank you to all our teaching assistants instead and maybe that's the way we need to go reposition what is workload and what workload should happen when and what is impacting on well-being and you know if you're like me you're a I want to get everything done and get everything sorted so I can enjoy summer and then you get to summer and you're sick for the first week and a half laid up in bed sleeping the whole time because you've burnt yourself out that's not you know that's not the way to do it well at least that's what I'm saying his last tip Number eight, end of term arrangements can make all the difference for your staff. I'm worried. I don't know if you're worried when you hear that end of term arrangements. I've had emails asking me out for the staff drinks. And I know on the last day of term, if I go out for a drink after school on the last day of term, I will be asleep in a Weatherspoons by 5.30, probably in a corner because I have no energy left uh, you know the thing i'm worried about is how do i get there but let's see what his tip is he says ensure any event is well planned offer cover if you need staff to meet deadlines oh do you know what that's in my reading isn't it because i assumed it was staff drinks arrangements and what he means is those end of year assemblies and those end of year productions and well you know i think maybe that's where we're at i am thinking drinking i am thinking staff socializing and actually you know but he's not wrong you know some of those things take a long time the problem i have with it as i said earlier in the show is that lack of structure doing all of those things pulling people to cover subjects that they don't normally teach or lessons they don't normally teach or asking him to put on a production all of it ads and yet is nice but is it nice at the extent at the you know expense of our staff burning out that you know is a tough one well you know i have to say uh, teach at teacher toolkit i am 50 50 on those advice some of it focus on the positives i think the best for me within that bunch was the say good morning goodbye and say thank you make a cup of tea for someone what i'm going to do is certainly uh, pull both of those so far together between uh, the Joe Steer advice of living in the moment, listening to your body, practicing self-care and connecting with a few of those top tips from uh, at Teacher Toolkit on Twitter as he is um, that are think twice and three times before sending a grumpy email or having a grumpy conversation, focus on the positives and say good morning, goodbye, and say thank you. Those ones I'm going to take away. The ones I'm not going to take away. I cannot accept that as a profession, we can still be putting out platitudes of look after yourself. It's not enough. It doesn't mean anything. It's not detailed enough. I wouldn't accept it in feedback for a, a pupil, as I say, of, you know, improve your writing, do it again. You know, this question is wrong. Please answer it again. It's not enough. We need to be more explicit in what we're saying. Our tips need to be more uh, helpful in guidance in what they are. And my last seven, we are rapidly rushing towards the end of the show, uh, rapidly uh, closing down. But I did say I'd fit in at least 15. And uh, I know we had um, 
some earlier. I think we had uh, one, two, three, four, five. So I think we're going to hit at least 19 total tips for you. And some of them cover off and some of them I've kind of debunked myself as we go along. But those are the tips as they are. These last ones from mytutor.co.uk. And I will have to talk fast. I apologize. We will uh, be going through, but some of them we've heard before. Their first one, practice self-care. And in fact, they say, we've heard it all before and it can be hard to do, okay? Give yourself regular breaks and refuse to feel guilty about it. And I think that's what we need to take from the BBC article about whether it's taboo to take a mental health sick day. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty about looking after yourself. The next one is connect with others. And I love that. This is the one I am taking the strongest. Uh, You know, I'm including in there the saying good morning, the platitudes, the niceness, the saying goodbye, the people asking people how their day is. I'm including all of that in connecting, sitting with a colleague on your lunch break and actually talking, not about the next lesson, not about the problem you had in your last lesson, but just talking and connecting. Uh, Another one is get outside. Now, yeah, I've been taking more walks in the park I've been making sure I step outside my classroom at lunchtime. And I think part of that I would take back to Ross McGill's uh, focus on the positives of, you know, getting out and seeing what the kids are doing, going out onto the field, enjoying it. I think those things are, are all key. So getting outside, developing a bedroom routine, they go for as well. And we've said that sleep is important, sleep. And for me, that includes having more sleep. You know, I need more. September, I can get away with six hours and I can feel fine on it. By July, we're talking eight hours minimum. I need to be myself in the classroom, you know, doing my job effectively. They say, remember you're making a difference. We heard that from Ross McGill as well. You know, find your purpose, get back to that purpose of why you're doing it and, you know, see the positives. They also say, set boundaries. And this is one we haven't heard yet. Um, And setting boundaries is about, you know, saying when enough is enough. Saying when you can't take on another thing for your paperwork. Saying that something will have to wait till September. And I think that's okay. We think of it as being a sudden break. We think of it as being, you know, a sudden stop and then a start again. But in fact, you know, in our work life, there's a big gap in chronological time but in our work life it's just another day another work day and if you can leave it another day you can leave it between July and September and no one's going to be in school to do anything it's not going to be any kids there who are missing out you can leave it until September and not feel guilty about it and the last thing that they say and this will be our last one before we wrap things up for the end of our show is ask for help you know You've set your boundaries. Everyone is overwhelmed. Everyone's feeling stuck. Everyone is exhausted right now. But learning to recognize this and reaching out for support is the only solution to feeling even worse. It's easy to think that you should be doing everything yourself and that asking someone else for help is a sign of weakness. But nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, You wouldn't say it to your pupils. So try to remember asking for help is the right thing to do if you feel snowed under. And I think that extends even further. We should say when it comes to mental health, that if you need to reach out to a professional, remember, you know, this is 
teacher teacher advice and we're just reading together as we go through advice that other teachers are putting out there and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a medical professional and so if you really do need it you should ask a professional for help if you are finding that your mood or your anxiety or your stress are affecting your day-to-day lives please please go out and get the support you need because we need teachers in the classroom and it takes us all the way full circle back to our article from the new statesman at the start of the show of why no one wants to be a teacher anymore and why we have a recruitment crisis and why september is looking bleak for school staffing we need to look after the ones we've got and that means you looking after yourself and so i will say at the end of our show we've had our top tips don't forget to listen in to Carl Graham in the Twitter social space tomorrow from four, where you can join in and be connected to other professionals and share your thoughts and your feelings and connect with others. We'll do that. That's a start. When you get into school tomorrow, hold a door open for someone, say good morning, smile, because it will come back tenfold. And please listen to yourself, listen to your body. and and look after yourselves so from here in sunny south wales still sunny even into the evening you know what a lovely time summer is for all of us or at least should be if we can make it there nostar as we say in welsh and good night you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.